Welcome to Podtendo, a Nintendo podcast, where they analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. Hey guys, welcome to the Podtendo Podcast, where we analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. We'll be contacted on Twitter, Podtendo Podcast, or on email, podtendo at gmail.com, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. If you like contact us on those, we probably will never talk to you, so just, just be aware. Twitter is probably the best place to reach out. Not that anyone has ever reached out in like seven what what season are we in seven or something like that good job i'm your co-host mick i'm joined every episode by that weird apparition of a voice that you just heard uh, tyson yeah nice yeah cool man well yeah uh, how's things you know just summer 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 life just kicking it you know you enjoying uh good good it's starting to get hot which yeah. um being in a place with six months of winter it's like it's kind of nice mm-hmm. but same time you're like man sleeping is my sleep schedule is sideways and uh yeah, yeah. it's a mess but i'm sure it's what it is I'm sure i say this every year but i have a just work do, do some running go for like a run in the heat a couple times have like a cold shower body adapts to the heat i've been very comfortable for the last couple weeks love and life it's good that's fair yeah. i hate cardio outside when it's hot though that's yeah. like that was always my thing like running run at four o'clock in the afternoon you're like this is hell yeah well, I mean, it's hell at the moment, but then you feel better the rest of the day, right? So, no, yes, yeah. yes, it's like yeah. doing burpees. Exactly, yeah. it's miserable while you're happening. But then, then, once then, then life's better. Then life no, is better. Definitely better. Oh man! So here we go. So we are in another the numbered show. Uh, you, you heard us talk about Lord of the Rings. We're staying, I guess, in the fantasy genre for the foreseeable future because we were in Act Racer. Then we did Lord of the Rings, and I believe after these endeavors, we move right into castlevanias which are kind of a fantasy yeah yeah and i mean we did just wrap up a bunch of final fantasies yeah which are also kind of you know fan- yeah. uh, high fantasy yes yeah i guess like um, you could say final fantasy 8 and like act razor and lord of the rings are all the fantasy so we're having a fantasy year that's kind of fun no huh. then it mixed in with x-men for some reason <sighs> yeah eh. well be i yeah i don't know what was going on there but for flavor, for flavor, everybody. For flavor. That's flavor, I mean, that's flavor country. We're probably talking X-Men all next year, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably, most likely. Huh. All right, cool. So, this show, look at that. We did it. Golden Sun. We're playing this in two parts, because we can't play a 20-hour RPG just for one show. We have to expand it. It's Yep, or yeah. you're stupid like Tyson, and you assume they get to do two like 20-hour experiences yeah. for one show. Or for, like, one no, show. I ain't about that life, man. I ain't about that life at all. Yep, yep. Man, it's only got so much grind in them, but this well, game yeah. does have some grinding. Yeah, we'll get into that. But before we do this, we're going to set up the details. So, Golden Sun, if you're familiar with the series, welcome. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about this beloved classic and reach out. Uh, by the time you re- 
uh, we won't record the second part before this part comes out. So you have probably about a week uh, if you do want to get a hold of us. Not that anyone does, but like if you did want to get a hold of us after this episode comes out, please hit us up because we'd love to hear from fans. If you're unfamiliar, it's a little known RPG for the Game Boy Advance that was released in the 2000s. We'll get into those nitty gritties, tell you about the time it came out, uh, kind of t- the first experience. We have a couple new things to try. We have cultural significance. And we'll see what happens next time. So, cool. That's re- Anything else? Did I miss anything? Uh, nah, I'm okay. excited to get into this because right. I remember vaguely this game coming yeah. out. And there's this hazy memory I have. But we'll save that for first memories. Mm-hmm. And I just This game has always stood out to me and I've never really played it. So. Sweet. Awesome. So, game is Golden Sun Part 1. Uh, I guess it's just Golden Sun, but this is the first part. It was developed by Camelot Software Planning. It sold 1.65 million copies. That's actually quite a bit. Uh, Release date was November 12th. 2001. How long to beat has this game at 22 hours? Price at release was $39.99, so if you factor in inflation, that'd be $61.61 today. eBay, you can get a copy of this game from $50 to $200. On eShop, a copy of this game is going to set you back about two bucks. $10 on the e- Wii U eShop store. Uh, where to play, you can get an EG- OG cart, Wii U emulator. Uh, sorry, Wii U or an emulator. I think I'm playing on an original cart that I bought somewhere along the way on my DS. Because my DS, one of them has, like, it's the lights, so it has, like, the Game Boy Advanced adapter. Tyson, where are you playing this game? Uh, legitimately, I'm sure. Oh, okay, perfect, awesome. Alright, so, with that, how the game works. But, before we dive into this game, let's set it up. Let's find out what the cultural landscape, pop cultural landscape, looked like by traveling into our patented Wayback Machine, traveling back to November 12th, 2001, and asking the age-old question, do we want to live there? Hmm? All right. So, I mean, national tragedies have just occurred. It's a good time. So, favorite TV show, Simpsons, Season 12, Episode 3, Insane Clown Poppy. Krusty learns that he has a daughter. Hilarity ensues. Or... The Mummy, the animated series, season one, episode eight, The Cloud People? Alex, the boy, has a vision of a cave in Peru. The gang travels there and finds some scrolls while fighting the mummy. But they aren't the scrolls of Thebes. So, the adventure must continue. Of those two shows, what would Tyson rather watch? Wow, I uh, completely forgot that this, The Mummy, had an animated series. Like, that was just... Because I was even reading, like, The Mummy, and I was like, Mummy's alive? Like, what are you, what are you like, are you missing things? You're like, no, no, the the movies actually had that animated TV show that came out for, like, one season. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I remember that. It was very forgettable. So I think I got to go with The Simpsons on this one. Um, <laughs> but I, I, that's a fun callback uh, to Mummy, the animated series. I almost want to pick it just for the, just for the theme song, but. You know what? I gotta give it to the Simpsons on this one. It's not a great one. It's got a stupid violin, but it's what it is. Nice. Well, while you're talking, an ad played, so sorry. Yeah. I guess at some point I could look at like getting like a, a sound cl- soundboard and just building in sound clips and having everything queued up beforehand, but... Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think we'll may upgrade away from like USB mics. Mm. Maybe, but... Until that day. It works. Whatever. It's you fine. know, if people want to sponsor us, we'll do that. Yeah, that's maybe it. Maybe until, like, until we get our first yeah. sponsor or when Patreon we can start, or whatever. Well, we could start, but, like, I mean, I realize we're in, like, season seven, so maybe we should have, like, greater viewerships or listenerships. Maybe we should just, like, yeah. look at promoting rather than worrying about our actual 
sound clips. Anyways, all right, other no. top TV shows, because uh, I don't even know what sound clips are. It's 2001. We don't have that technology. Uh, top Other top TV shows you could be watching, though, are Six Feet Under, Enterprise, Law & Order, Secret Life of Us, Alias, 24, and Scrubs. You know, psh, boring adult shows. Cartoons, Baby, Looney Tunes, Braceface, Fairly Odd Parents, Invader Zim, Justice League, all debuted this year. Oh, okay. Well, at least you get lots of good Justice League. Um, mm-hmm. Fairly Odd Parents. That, so this is when it came out. Okay, that's so. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, didn't didn't really watch Invader Zim until like later on in life. That was always like one of those shows that like you got Cartoon Network. So your friend on the playground was like talking about these crazy shows that you. I just wish I could watch, but here I am stuck watching reruns of Fairly Odd Parents because mm-hmm. uh, I definitely remember watching that show constantly. Nice, nice. All right, about movies. You're like, TVs, I don't want to watch TVs in 2001. I want to go to the big screen. This week, you could see Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Still in theaters, could be Domestic Disturbance, Monsters, Inc., Donnie Darko, and 13 Ghosts. Probably because we were just spooky season. So, there you go. And if you waited a week or two, you could see Black Knight, Spy Game, Behind Enemy Lines, and Ocean's Eleven. Dang, what's up with this, like, plethora of decent to good movies? This is so random. What's up with, like, November 20 or 2001 for movies? Like, this is incredible. Um, Like, 13 Ghosts, kind of underrated. Donnie Darko, cult yep, classic. Yep. Like, Monsters, Inc. Everybody loves that one. Started a franchise. Uh, and Harry Potter, to, like, say the least. Like, holy, holy smokes. And then uh, if you wait two weeks, it's also pretty solid. I mean, I love Behind Enemy Lines, and everybody loved Ocean's Eleven. That movie was a smash hit, so. Yeah, and I was just looking up Domestic Disturbance. So it's John Travolta and Vince Vaughn. Okay, okay. And then this other one, Spy Game, has Catherine McCormack, Robert Redford, and Brad Pitt. I don't think I know Spy Game. Yeah, um, I've seen bits of it. It's hard for me to get into it, and I even like spy show- mm, shows, okay. so it's a little bit... I forget who the director is, but it's like maybe Roger Stone or somebody, mm. or okay, Ridley Scott, and you're just like, it's one of those movies much. where it's like, uh, um, pass. Black Knight's right. a funny comedy, so... All right. So, you're like, Psh, man, those movies did something for me. Maybe they did nothing, but the video games might do something for you. We get Burnout, Dragon Warrior 7, SSX Tricky... Project Gotham Racing, 007, Agent Under Fire, Metal Gear Solid 2, Dead or Alive 3, Halo, Crazy Taxi, Luigi's Mansion, Wario Land, and Super Smash Bros. Melee. Oh, shoot. So this must have been right when the Xbox kind of launched. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And cause GameCube. Pro- yeah. Because like Luigi Mansion and Project Gotham Racing are both like launch titles for their respective consoles. Yeah. and. We were definitely playing. I was at playing tons of SSX Tricky at this time. Project Gotham Racing. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I, I must have killed a few, um, few Xboxes on that. Dead or Alive, three and Halo. It's like man, this was this was my time. And then we got mm-hmm. the GameCube afterwards and realized that Melee is just like the greatest Smash game of all time, in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah. So nice. It's all right. It's all right. So you're like feeling pretty good. Oh, the top three songs. The last thing we'll look at before we dive into this game proper. Top three songs. Number three was, according to the Billboard charts, that is, Fallen by Alicia Keys. Well, that's not 
not bad. That's a good one. You know. Yeah, Alicia Keys is always like so sick, so good. All right, and about the number two song is "I'm Real" featuring Ja Rule, or sorry, J Lo featuring Ja Rule. that's a thing yep yep i mean I, I, j-lo was like my childhood crush so right. nice. maybe a little biased on that one all right okay and then number one song according to the billboard charts for november 12th 2001 was family affair by mary j blige got to get it wrong mary j is in the spot tonight and i'm gonna make you feel all right, feel all right. come on baby just party with me good tunes all right so, yeah. oh man that one's like legendary status yeah. it's so good yeah i know i was like writing those down i was like man those are like those are three banger tracks like good job so like normally we get duds but like not bad. Yeah, Not or bad. at least two duds. It's like, man, yeah. for for movies, video games, and music to all be so solid. It's like, yeah. dang. And we even got like they're doing just they're just throwing money at things. Like, I mean, an or mummy animated series. Like, yeah, yep. <sighs> sign me up. I don't even know what to play. Like, those are just new shows. So, like, think of all the good cartoons that are like running at currently right now. So yeah, it's not bad. Not terrible. So, age old question: Are we gonna go back there? Oh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, okay. Nice and zen. Nice. It's not bad. Not bad. Now, yep. now that we know what the pop cultural landscape looks like, we've done it. We did our homework. We're not going to do it in the next show. Yeah, because we might. I, I don't think we'll ever go back to this series. Maybe, maybe for like we end and we love it at some point, but there's just so many video games. I can't imagine us ever getting back to play the next Golden Sun. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those game franchises where we touch the first one mm-hmm. and kind of be like do we need to do the second like act razor are we going to do the second act razor mm-hmm. game are no. we ever going to do the second star tropics game no but i still hold yeah. those games in high regard like i still think they're great i think this this game series is probably fun and if you're a fan awesome great like if, again if you want us to look at the next one since this one asked of course we do it we have a we have kind of a schedule but we're flexible if anyone ever wants to talk about something so yeah that's kind of I mean, how we roll we're always yeah we're always open to trying new games and stuff which is kind of why we played a lot of these random games and are yeah. played sweet so, yeah suggestions we're open to them cool cool yo all right so with that where are we at controls we can get back to this game cool so golden sun so controls so it's a semi standard rpg controls you move around the direction with the directional pad you interact with items with the a button but then it also opens your menu which is kind of awful because you want to talk to someone and you just open your menu and you're like, that's what I want. B cancels. In battle, you can fight with standard weapons, use magic, summon gins, use special attacks, or you can actually just summon them and they deal some damage. Uh, you can get some psi moves, which is like magic, which helps you move stuff in the real world, uh, does stuff in battles. You can like move statues, grow vines uh, in the overworld. Uh, and it's kind of a combination of like classic RPG with like light Zelda puzzle elements and action elements, which is kind of maybe one of the better parts of this game which is why i'm yeah uh but that's kind of the controls did i miss anything with the controls there makes sense um yeah it all makes sense i mean it's pretty it's almost like not baby's first rpg but it kind of feels that way at parts it, it, um, it, like i kind of want to almost call this the like definitive 16-bit 
RPG experience because they do so many little things. So one of the nuanced things, uh, when you go to buy armor in a shop, it shows you right on the screen, this gloves are better than the gloves your character is wearing. When you buy them, they say, great. Do you want to equip them? Awesome. Do you want me to buy back what you just did? So it takes out all the little bullshit steps in like one streamlined process. And I kind of feel like that's what this game does really, really well. Yeah, I think that this game is super tight like and to consider this as a game boy advanced cartridge mm. it's like they've packed a ton in here um the sprites all the gin summons like they have their own like little animations that show up and it really feels like you're playing a different feeling our like final fantasy rpg but like a mainline rpg on a console in your hand and it's like that's a really like amazing thing that they did on such limited hardware. Like, don't get me wrong, I think that they this game's game this game is tight. There's just a little bit of there's there's parts yeah, that yeah. drag a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, hundred percent. But like for the most part, it's they kind of taken everything that has worked in the past and like re, re, streamlined it. So if you are kind of hesitant to get into a RPG ever in your life and you wanted something that is a little bit more manageable, this is really nice because it takes out all the guesswork and you walk into a shop and say, this is how much it is for a store. Great. Awesome. Go forward. Right. So that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And one other slight note is just like how they structure the levels. I never feel like there's a thing in RPGs where I just kind of feel like I don't know which way to go. And I don't want to go too exploring too far one way in case I lock myself out of another area. Mm hmm. This game, it's not linear, but it does a really good job of making it easy to find all the nooks and crannies. So yeah. you, you feel like you can always progress and you're never like, oh, I, I kind of have to backtrack a little bit just to just like go forward and go back mm -hmm. just to explore that other like little area. It's like, no, it kind of does a really good job of not just funneling you where you need to go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it, it is. Like, yeah, I'm solving lots of the puzzles in this part, not using a walkthrough. And it makes you feel kind of smart. So it's kind of nice. Yep, and yeah. I mean, I think that the puzzles are pretty pretty solid. I mean, they're nothing like amazing or special, but puzzles don't need to do that. They no. just need to be variety. Yeah, and just add some flavor to the games. You're not just walking and fighting enemies, right? So, no, yeah, first memories. Yeah, that, lots of dialogue. Uh, first memories of this game. So, I remember I got this game early on. I had a Game Boy Advance, so I'm thinking maybe it was a birthday present in 2001 for myself. Uh, and then I saw this game probably, I think we must have had a Nintendo Power subscription at this point. Uh, I saw it coming out, played it, loved it. It was awesome. Uh, I could not tell you anything specific about that original playthrough. I know I didn't beat the game because I kind of just got stuck it apart. Not really sure exactly what happened. Maybe I had to grind some levels, and I was like, I'll do that later, and just never got around to it. Uh, also, uh, anyways, but as I'm playing through today, I can recall a lot of the areas, like the log rolling puzzles in the forest was almost second nature. Like, I remembered all of them. I was like, oh, yeah, I have to do this. And like, oh, I recall doing this. It was like kind of a weird experience. Uh, and then at some point, one of our, like, neighbor's cousin came out and somehow i gave him my game boy and this game and then never saw it again why did i lend that stupid kid my game boy and my game that i never saw like that's why i didn't beat it because he yeah. like someone stole it from me yeah well i feel like a lot of those things have gone missing over the years yeah. from people borrowing them and well, never yeah. giving them back. Fair enough. Like, we have uh, a copy But still, of it's like that's just so bitter because you're like, I was playing in that game and enjoying it. What? And I feel like you definitely got guilt-tripped or, or peer pressured into giving it up. And like, oh, I'll just play it for like an hour and I'll give it back. I won't even save. And then it was lunchtime and dinner and then they just avoided you like the plague. Because I kind of have a weird, weird memory 
I don't know if this is me just like completely making shit up, but in my brain, I feel like we were in Zellers and it was in that one side rack that just had games sitting there and clearance. And I feel like I saw a yellow, like it was a green back and yellow, like yellow sticker because it was marked down. We were always checking that thing. And I always had junky, like other puzzle games or crap sometimes, but there was just random, some golden suns that just didn't sell and were sitting in there and we're like, this game's like half price. We'd be stupid not to buy this. And I feel like you had money because I feel like I was encouraging you to just, just buy it. Um, but again, that could just be complete BS and I could be making that up. But I have this weird memory of us standing at that glass case and finding this and that one side rack but yeah like i'm i'm thinking like and you're right like so much about commercial or something so i'm looking at the nintendo powers that came out so september was a mario kart looks like maybe almost like a double dash or something like that uh and then it looks like it's um, another mario like or a smash brothers and then it's rogue squadron and i don't remember having those nintendo powers so i think we had nintendo power before this so i'm not sure exactly I mean, I guess we bought other gaming magazines, and someone must have mentioned it too, right? Yeah, or maybe right. we saw it in, like it had an article, like a preview of this game coming soon, or it had one of those reviews in the back. But like, but, was like but yeah, that's what I mean, like somewhere, but it wasn't a Nintendo Power, because I don't remember these Nintendo Power covers as a kid, so I think our subscription probably ended at this point. Um, so I would guess that it was probably some other video game magazine, right? And yeah, it talked about it somewhere, pre- previewed it, because that was kind of the fun parts of magazines, was they were kind of like how you discovered things back in the day. It was a very organic experience. You'd open up and be like, oh, what is this game? That's interesting. I guess I'll buy this. Whereas I don't think you get that with internet nowadays because, yeah, they have their directs and their little E3s and stuff, but it just doesn't feel the same, right? Like it's lost some of the luster, I think. Yeah. Well, it's all, it's super scaled. So it's as cheap as possible. And so many people write about it where a lot of time it's just like, here's two paragraphs of information and maybe a trailer that's not even gameplay. And that's all you're going to get for like six or eight months or a year, oh, depending I mean, on the game. We don't. And, have to, and yeah. So, so people just kind of write about whatever. I There's mean, not I, that quality. There's not yeah. staff writers. I think, in my opinion, video game journalism at this point is absolutely just fucking garbage. And the whole gaming cycle is just broken as fuck. And it's stupid. Like, they yeah. hype these games up and then never talk about them. Like, Elden Rings was everyone was blowing Elden Rings dick in February, March. And now, what, what, what's going on with that game? Are people playing it? Oh, well, that's always going to be the hardcores that play it. But, but it's, like, it's, think of how many yeah, games come Same up, thing. Like, that happens all the time. But, like, gaming even, cycle even, like, now. Last year was what... Um, no, it's all just fucking bullshit. Like, there's no gaming cycle anymore. Like, think of all the games that come out. Like, we had Switch Sports that came out. Did anyone play that? Mario Strikers came out. Everyone loved Mario Strikers. They released it on the Switch. Does, it, does, is it good? What happened? Yeah. Right? Well, like, I think also it's, like, a bunch of these games are, were made in COVID, and in, in lockdown and remote working, so there's not like a coherent. Mm. So the game, the game, the overhead couldn't really like like check the daily work of everybody. No, don't it, throughout so the entire workflow. No, like I'm yeah, saying, absolutely. the video game and, and like but, ideas but are journalism bankrupt. Isn't, yeah, but journalism like, isn't the same. There's not. I, I find that this, there isn't the same hype. And if it is hype, just like everything else in the world, we move well, so quickly. Paid for ads but nowadays. like we move through it so quickly versus before. Like a magazine you'd have with you for a month, right? Like you'd read the same article for a month and it would stay with you. And I found that was just more, like, I think it built nostalgia better, right? So like I have more nostalgia for Golden Sun because I had a magazine article that I carry around in my backpack for weeks. That's fair. I guess the only thing that I would sort of closely compare it to is finding like 
an indie game randomly and then going down the YouTube rabbit hole of watching every video based yeah, on that. Okay, fair enough. Not, um, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like it's like, but that's so different. It's completely like it's not like you're reading this one thing and then you go back uh-huh. to that same and you reread it and you deep dive and you think for yourself. You're we now are just like I want more commentary on this, so we'll just yeah. go down to YouTube and be like, I'm just gonna watch some someone's hour and a half long video on this and yeah, try to avoid spoilers. That's probably the closest thing is you get the like the theorizing videos from like uh, a mat pat and then you get like the the big youtubers let's playing it and then you can play it too and it's like your friends and some of them stick around if they're really challenging and then like the deep lore like FNAF probably ha- yeah. took a life of its own right like recently in terms of games that'll like be weirdly nostalgic for this group of kids but like, I never really played the game but like FNAF was a big part of my life for 3 years yeah, and right. I think, like, I kind of had that when, uh, or you kind of come across uh, an experience, you're like, this is unique, and it kind of just rubs mm-hmm. me the right way. <laughs> but I, mean, we'll I came about... across, like, Rain World. Uh, we'll talk about this another time, but yeah. that was the game that was like, I was like, I'm going down the rabbit hole with both feet, let That's me fun. in. Yeah, yeah, and, and sorry, I mean, it meant, meant kind of what's more of, like, yeah. game journalism has, like, changed, and it's become very much a, I think, all, I mean, everything, sports to news to, it's just... We're, we're not headed in a good place people let's put it that way let's i think we need to change the way we consume media a little bit right so yeah take a, i think we need to take a step back yeah. and you know what best thing to do is cuddle up with a good story and see where it takes you there you go so speaking of story segway jones over here i have no <laughs> idea what's going on in this game so i just wrote down the big sentence off wikipedia let's see what happens so the story of golden sun now you know everything else you know my first experience through the game Again, we don't know where it came from. It was just in our lives at some point, and that was taken from us. Son of a bitch. I should go check the mail. So I was having issues with my mail. I didn't get mail for a while, but I definitely bought some games. Like, I bought a cart of Final Fantasy 2 II or 3 and both Golden Suns. They are supposed to come mid-July, and that was mm-hmm. weeks ago. So they're probably here now. Ha, 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 ha. Anyways, so the story of this game. The prevalent force of alchemy in Wayward's ancient past enabled them to develop a great civilization. However, the thriving period eventually gave way to a worldwide conflict that subsided only with them sealing away of alchemy. The key to unlock alchemy, the four elemental stars, which hold the pure power of the four elements, are hidden in a mountain shrine, Mount Alpha. Uh, which in turn is guarded by the town of Vale at the base of the mountain. In the game's prologue, Satyros and Mirandi, men Ardi, uh, well, with help from a raiding party, storm meant Alpha with the intention to seize the elemental stars for themselves. They fall, fail to solve the riddles guarding the stars and are driven away by the mountain's traps, a magically generated thunderstorm and rock slide. In the ensuing chaos, Felix, Isaac's father, and Jenna's parents are all presumed dead. Oh man, that's sad. But I now know the story of this game, so maybe a lot of things make sense that we do later on. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, I'm glad you read that, because I did not get a lot of that from <laughs> what I was playing. Alright. <laughs> I was uh, running around and doing some stuff. Yep. The gameplay is fun, but yeah, the story is... I don't care to read oof. that much. Like, I'm just like, nah. It's also so meandering. Yeah. Like, and like I get, like, it. you're trying to build the characters. But it's like, I've have, I have spent 20 hours with these people. You can definitely pace this out. You guys don't oh, need to have, yeah. like, little bickering back and forth yeah. and... And sometimes go from scene to scene. You're like, my goodness, I feel yeah. like I'm in season what four of Stranger Things, and everything's an hour and a half long. And it's like this should have really been like an hour or yeah. Oh, 30 I, minutes. believe me. The number of times I was like, man, if there was only a skip cutscene button, I'd be, I'd just move on with my life. I don't care. 
It's like, yeah. but I also kind of feel like I'm at a point where I want to read in video games. It's like that new Pokemon game, Pokemon Arceus, it sucks. They just talk to me all the time. I just sit there and press the dialogue. I was like, I don't care what you're saying. Just like, tell me to go capture Pokemon, right? That's it. I don't want to do anything yeah. else. Just let me capture Pokemon. See, and that's why I just turned subtitles on. And like, yeah. that way it's like, I'm kind of reading, but yeah. I'm also, I can, I got audio. So if yeah. I feel lazy, it'll just talk to me. All right, cool. So with that, uh, we did things a little differently today. Uh, I was struggling to get into this game. We kind of just ran out of time, sort of, kind of, maybe my, maybe my fault. So what we're going to do is play about a quarter of this game. Uh, normally, we run through level notes. We'll just kind of talk about the game in detail, uh, which is something I've always appreciated when people do spend a little bit more time on, like, the nuances of the game. Uh, we have a pretty good summary. And we can kind of give our thoughts as we kind of piece through some of the game. But we're going to break it up. So we have two new questions randomly that we're going to ask Tyson uh, just to help kind of break up our level notes. Um yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. So today's a little bit of a different show. It's really shorter gameplay. Like, we don't have... We have a good wall of text coming up for level notes, but, like, lots of it's fast. Like, I read, and we say, yep, that was a town you went to, and move on, right? Uh, cultural significance. So the show's going to be probably around closer to an hour. The next show might be a little bit longer, but, like, we're also doing a bunch of the sections. So we'll do that, and we'll add our new, se- new questions, uh, as well as, Tyson, if you have any new questions you want to add or things we can suggest, this is something that's going to be developing, growing, uh, going forward as we c- carry on through Season 7 and beyond. So there you go. Look at that. We're changing our show after all these years. So level notes. <clears throat> Start off in Vale. So we're on a stormy night. Our mom wakes us up. There's a big storm, and we are tasked at escaping the village. Our parents go to help some others. We try to escape, find a boy in the river, watch him get washed away, and are knocked out by a mysterious pair. Hmm. And now that we know that little story from the beginning, we're like, oh, that's the weird colored people. Cool. Um, I really enjoyed uh, replying to everyone with negative comments. Uh, I was role-playing as a douchebag. I really didn't care about the kid in the river. If you don't want to get swept away by the river in a storm, don't build your house on the river. There you go. Tyson? Um, man, these people. Are, so this is like peak, um, you know, when people are like in the movies are running away from something that's rolling towards them. Instead mm. of running to the sides, they're just like, yeah. nah, we're just going to hold this giant boulder and have it spin towards us. We're like, you really just, you could all just move slightly to yeah. the right or left. Yeah. But now you're going to, okay. It's like, well, Dar- Darwin Awards ex- exist for a reason. And um, but I do like this game that it has kind of the positive and negative comments. It seems super, like, non-important. But there's a couple, like, you can get a bad ending by just, like, saying no to stuff. And yep. it's like, I appreciate this. Yep. This is this this is the one one of the few things where it's like, yeah. I'm, the, like, it ends your game and you have to go back and just, play anyways but um oh, oh that there's a part we'll come up that we're talking about that i might have ended the game before i ever left the veil so yeah yeah i don't know if that happened to you too and i might not have got a party member when i was supposed to because i said i told him to fuck off but i don't know we'll go from there so <laughs> <laughs> all right so part two so years later we find ourselves fixing a roof before we head off with our friend Garrett and Gemma to help a professor do some research. The mysterious pair are outside his house. We tough talk them, uh, talk to the professor, and we sneak up the mountain to the soul sanctum. Uh, let's see what I know. This game looks really pretty. Uh, the Game Boy Advance literally might be the pinnacle of 6-bit gaming. So on a backlit screen, if you have that option. I tried playing this on a non-backlit screen. I have an original Game Boy Advance without the backlit. Oh, garbage. It's too bright in the summertime to play it, so I ended up having to boot up the DS. I think it looks really pretty. Like, it stands up above everything else on the Super Nintendo in a handheld form. Uh, 
amazing piece of technology. I really appreciate it. I was always said that I think if you had one, like pick a library, it'd be the Game Boy Advanced, right? Uh, would be probably like to have every single game because you're getting like tons of good Pokemon games. You have a bunch of remakes from the Super Nintendo games on that system, right? Like they have the Final Fantasies. Look how many Final Fantasy games came out on the Game Boy Advanced. Super solid system, holds up. Uh, and just like, I just marveled at what this game could do, right? There was different options. It looked pretty, right? It's great. Yeah. Um, I think that this game just beautiful, um, considering all the, like, I'm surprised that they did this. This, like I said, it kind of feels like a peak Final Fantasy game, mm-hmm. but like if it was all just still sprite based and awesome, um, it's, it's the dialogue's a little bit like groany, mm-hmm. um, and like we're still fixing the roof after all these years because apparently we're just so incompetent, or maybe yeah, it's I think, more. I feel like thatched roofs, though, require a lot of maintenance. Yes. Well, yeah. considering we like, take a step wrong we put another yeah. hole in it it's like yeah. well do that one later yeah so um yeah it's kind of there's a sneaky little uh metal gear solid section where it's wait for the one guy to walk around mm-hmm. the corner and then like go um i definitely did not pick that or remember that or I, I i definitely don't remember getting past that as a kid okay so um i would probably i would just kept talking to him and just never figured it out that's that's too bad it's too bad uh, side note final fantasy games on the game boy advance we have tactics one and two, Dawn of Souls. So that's a pretty great title. They've got a remake of four, five, and six, as well as there's a Chocobo Land, a game of dice. So that's Japan only, and a Sword of Mana. So in terms of RPGs, Game Boy Advance, pretty solid, right? Like you get both two Golden Sun games too. I think there was like some Mario games, Mario and Luigi. Not bad, not bad. Um, all right, Soul Sanctum. Our first dungeon sees us solve some block jumping puzzles, find a medal to put in a statue's eyes, and pushing some statues. In a room with a sun and the moon, we solve a puzzle which opens a portal to a magical realm. The mysterious pair showed up with the kid who was washed away at the beginning of the game, steal some crystals, Gemma, and set the world on a doom course. We are tasked by our village elder to retrieve the crystals and save the world. Uh, I do enjoy the dungeon puzzles in this game. Uh, They add something to the gameplay. Um, and I chose not to save the world, and the game ended. I got a game over, and they said, do you want to talk to the Elder again? And I jumped back into the dialogue, and I thought, well, that's neat. That's neat that I can you can actually say, like, do you want to do this? And you say no, and they say, are you sure? And you're like, no. And they're like, okay, well, the world's going to end. And you just walk out, and they're like, and the world ended, and everyone died miserably. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm glad that you they actually give us the option of, like, what if, what if the hero just walked away? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that here it is. The world ends. Yeah. Bad so, guys win. There you go. So uh, anything else from the Soul Sanctum? Um, pretty standard little yeah. um, opening area. It's pretty big, actually, compared to some of the other little caves and stuff. But yeah. um, I think the block jumping puzzle is kind of in- introduces a bit of the platforming. But I like this platforming because you can't really mess it up. Yeah. You can just kind of go the wrong way, nice. which I'm all for. Yeah, and like the puzzles are they're straightforward. It's and it's not like it's super hard, but it's it's varied enough where it makes you kind of have to like think for like a second. They're like, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, okay, sweet. So then at that point, we get to the overworld. We've done kind of the introduction to the game. So we've seen a dungeon. We got to battle. We've got a little bit of story. We know the main story because I read it to us beforehand. So I'm gonna ask us our first question. So break this up again, kind of quarterway mark. Of our experience. I think we probably this would be kind of at the end of the section. Eh, maybe somewhere in the middle. The hook. Alright, so we're going to ask, what the hook? So what makes you keep playing this game? So you play this game for about an hour, about two hours. Great time to ask, 
why are you returning to it? What, what exactly about this experience thus far has turned you in? Is it the story, a certain character, a gameplay mechanic, level design? What is the hook that's keeping you in this? Uh, I said myself, the action parts of the dungeon stood out. Uh, it breaks up the exploration of the dungeons quite well. The story seems pretty vanilla. The gin system seems kind of complicated and not really useful. The characters seem kind of generic. And the battles leave something to the imagination. So at this point, I'm probably going to keep playing because I'm like, what's neat that I have to like, solve little puzzles in the overworld and push stuff around? I like that part. Tyson, what's yourself? What is the hook for this adventure? Um, yeah, I don't know. The world's kind of very generic. Um, to me, I think like the hook was this is the this is like a good RPG on your Game Boy Advance because that was always kind of like the lacking thing on the Game Boy Advance library was like, yes, there was Final Fantasy games, but they're super hard to get. Um, so this was the one that was like accessible and easily found. But it just the world's kind of meh. I think all the interesting like villains are kind of more more interesting than our heroes, um, and I don't know. I find I find the battles are they're they're okay. They're like it's they're it's difficult enough, but it's I I hate when RPGs don't auto select the next bad guy. Oh yeah, like I get auto why is, yeah. why they do that. It just frustrates me. It's yeah. like why is, why? Yeah. It's like but at least it, people go into defense mode if they if like the enemy they attack dies and then they their turn happens at least they go into the defense they don't just stand there like morons so that makes it kind of forgivable but at the same time it's like if you're gonna do this give me an energy like a health bar for the for the villain or the bad guys mm-hmm. that so i don't have to like scan i yeah. i guess like also just like mashing um gin or like summoning tons of gins later on can get a lot of fun and you do feel mm-hmm. powerful like it's not like you don't feel like oh I'm whacking at these things with stick. It feels like you're constantly using um, the psi energy and, yeah, and yeah. summoning like gens. It, it, I think that part works. It's just kind of clunky. Three, okay. yeah. There you go. Tyson, what's his favorite part? He hates the battle mechanics. Cool. Uh, Bolt. So we're uh, out in the world. We meet a gen who teaches us about magic. Uh, we travel south to a village. Here we see a king leave, hear about a robbery, team up with a kid named Isaac who can read minds, and try and catch the robbers. We find some treasures in the inn's loft. In the inn's loft. I I fought the bandits. I told them that we were going to turn them in and they were bad people, even though one of the options was like, ah, you guys aren't so bad. Uh, we tell off Isaac, and he says, well, I guess I won't, don't need to join you. Uh, and then we head to a co- cave in the northeast. Cool. Uh, I told, did Isaac join you here? Because I said, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> if you say yes, he will just join you. Okay, so I said no, and he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just carry on my mission without you. And he like left, and I was like, oh, I kind of wanted like another guy on my team, so that's unfortunate. So yeah, I definitely didn't. He didn't join my team. Yeah, and I did also fight the bandits because they were just um, they're pretty lame. Yeah. Oh, but it's also like it's like I could use some of the experience because I'm doing a lot of grinding so uh-huh. far. Yeah, I figured that. I, I think you get a cool sword. You can sell that sword later for some money, buy a better sword. It's good stuff. All right, so now we head up to a different town. We get turned away, and they say, no, there's a, there's a robbery or something. You can't come in here. And I think that's where, like, Isaac's trying to go, but I didn't really get that. Uh, we find a cave entrance, which is blocked by some vines, and then Isaac shows up and says, hey, I bet you I can open this with my uh, powers. And he says, now I'll just join you. And I said, but I don't want you to. I told you to leave me alone, Isaac. Do not follow me. So now I, my Isaac is following me, and I don't want that to happen, so... Not a fan. Uh, we explore so, the cave. Matt, you gained you gained a stalker. Yeah, That's pretty so much. Funny. Like he's just following me around. I was like, "Frick off!" And he's like, oh, "Hello." Uh, explore the cave, uh, and if we explored hard enough, we find another gin. 
Uh, I don't really understand the gin system in this. Uh, are they friendly? Are they Pokemon? They run away. You have to kill them to obtain their powers. Uh, yes. Yes. You, they're, they are friendly. You have to catch them all. Um, there's four different types. Um, one yes. for each of the elements. Yeah. Um, there's one usually per dungeon. So you'll get one like just you'll come across one and be like, hey, let me join your party. And then you join, you get them that way. But then you can also grind them in the, the dungeon. You have to kill them fast enough because they will run away. Yeah. And if they run away, they characters will say some long lines like oh they they must like this area hinting that it's like if you leave there like leave the yeah. dungeon and come back they'll be in that area. oh just leave the screen because like yeah. this guy he ran away right away and i just had to like leave the room and come back in and he was fine so yeah yeah no sorry oh no all good i mean you were you were explaining what was happening i was just saying like the the room not the dungeon yes yeah yes yeah which could be annoying right depending like it could be at the very long end of a room and, like, leaving that room it, later in the game is going to be a pain in the ass, right? Like, I know that's coming. This one happened to be right next to a door. Totally. Yeah. And these levels are very, like, long vertically and short horizontally. Yeah. I, I don't, so. I, I'd be interested to see it yeah, because everything seems very contained at this point. But I'm like, well, we're only, like, a quarter of the way into the game. I it, Maybe the Game Boy Advance just doesn't have that big of a memory. And we're going to find that, like, this was a very short experience and potentially doable in a show. Right, and we might be like, "Oh, well, if we ever need another game to do, we can always hit the second part because it's actual uh, like sequel to the story. It actually is a creation of this this game. So these two games, like Golden Sun and Golden Sun, whatever the next game's called, like Dawn of something, might work yeah. together as like one game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like the beginning of this is just such a heavy dialogue dump mm-hmm. um, that when you get to the later stuff, there is some heavy dialogue sections, but." You don't necessarily need to talk to everybody. You can kind of just run to mm-hmm. spot to spot, and then it actually does clip along wow. re- quite well in the, the later the later dungeons. Well, I mean, just look at what we've done. Like, we've read half our notes, and we haven't actually accomplished anything in this game. So, uh, Jin, Billabin. All right, so we're on the other side of the cave. So we get to a village. You can buy some new, a new equipment. There's some weapon and armor. Uh, you can sell your vessel of water, or water for life or something, for about 2,250 gold. Uh, to help the cause, to help buy some of the uh, items, some of the armors, some of the weapons. I'd recommend two of, like, the 1,000 swords. And then Garrett and Isaac are doing tons of damage. And you can kind of just grind up the rest of the equipment for your party. Uh, you can explore a path around the village, find another djinn. And this allows you and gives you access to the big house, where the guy that lives inside gives you a quest to go save the town that's being, or people that are turning into trees from this, like, forest. Uh, but he then says, ah, I'm not just going to give you the key. You're, I don't want to send kids to their death, but you can just go and like move it with your magic powers. So cool. Billabin. Yeah. Um, kind of a quick little town. Mm-hmm. I hate feeling super broke in this game. Oh my I God. Always yep. feel so broke. Oh, do you do the same thing? And you're like, oh, I need to get how much? $4,000. Well, I guess I'll just go walk around in the woods until I get that money and just keep healing until I have $4,000 and get all my guys. Cause that's what I did. I spent. Of the four and a half hours I played, I bet you an hour was just getting money to buy all the equipment in this town. Yeah, I also spent a lot of time just running back and forth in a safe area mm-hmm. so I could build up my PP for free because that's the uh, magic area. Yeah, yeah. It just builds up over time. So just like go to a screen and just like mm. watch a YouTube video and just run back and forth or whatever. Well, I went like, north at one point and I actually ended up in the snow area fighting like the really strong guy so i was like burning through my magic and then i healed there and then had enough like to basically get back to billaboon and at that right. point i had bought the two big swords i'm like almost like one hitting most of the guys so i'm like 
overpowered. But that's what happens in an RPG. If you show me, like, a million dollars for this gun, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go work somewhere and get a million dollars and get this really good gun because I need it. It's mandatory. But yeah. we're going to go save some trees. So we go to some place called Colima. You move to the east, past a fortress wall. You just have to, like, move this little uh, box and you can get in. You see a cutscene where we're protected by some little bubbles. And then apparently there's an inn and there's a gin here. I didn't find it. So when I'm done this podcast, I'm actually going to have to go back and grab it. And now that I hate the fact that as I'm reading through this walkthrough, gin are collectibles and they're rare. And I need them because I'm a collector. So now I need to go back and get them. So I need to keep a guide on me while I'm playing this game to make sure I don't have to like backtrack later in the game. These yeah. are all problems I have that I can't enjoy RPGs. Yes. Yes, it's the collectible in you. Well, it's also like or the collector in you. It's just it's one more thing to bungle around with and mm-hmm. it just feels like like this is kind of added padding like i don't there's there's different ways of doing the gin but i i'm so happy they didn't choose just like ra- run around randomly in this area and they'll show up yeah like that would be a nightmare because yeah. you're like i gotta have i have to have them all by yep. the end of the game yep that's why this um, game takes 20 it's only a five hour game but it takes you 15 hours of grinding i'd be like that eh, makes sense all right let's do it I think that's uh yeah we so played so many you RPGs. Find this gin that I'm referring to in Colima. I don't remember grabbing. So this I don't guy. think it's the little wooden fort, but apparently there's a town in the area that where there's like only tree people, like there's tons of tree people or something. So I actually I'm gonna head back there and check it out afterwards. But cool, there we go. We both found a gin. But there is a forest. Now I did find this. So uh, we telepathically talk to some tree people, and they're like. Oh, we're tree people. Uh, you have to solve some rolling log puzzles. These are the ones I remembered, and I was like, that's kind of neat, before entering the trees. Uh, we climb up the floors. We have to jump on some leaves. Uh, we have to collect treasures before fighting a boss. So the boss here is Tret. So we use all your best magic powers, gin spells, summons, and attacks to take this guy down. I found this area very slow. Uh, if you miss a puzzle, so the way it works is there's a gold leaf on a spider web, and if you jump on it, it gets crimpled, and then you can jump to the side. And if you jump back, you fall through the floor. And oftentimes, I would jump on the exact same leaf a couple times and i'd forget like where i fell through the first time yeah um yeah. i got a it was fun the first time because it kind of was like oh hey like this like link to the past yeah um the second time i was like hey this is such a pain in the ass yeah and there's one entrance that i found that was like to the south that like took me out and around and i climbed way up this tree I ended up in this little area where i either got a treasure I think that was it. I think I literally climbed all the way up and I got like a treasure. And I was like, that's really annoying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's a ton it of been, that. Stuff. It would have been more annoying to be like at the end of the dungeon and see this treasure chest I couldn't get. So I'm glad I at least found like the back door to the treasure. But then I had to like circle all the way around, do this other annoying room. At one point, there's a gin somewhere in the tree that I did find. Yeah. I feel like there's another part where like, I don't know if it's just past this or whatever, but there's a spot where you have to use growth. And if you use growth, you can like go and grab this item, but then it puts you out in this really awkward spot to get to back to where you were. And I hate when games do that. Yeah. Cause it's just like, now I need to explore that area that I was. So now not only do I need to go wherever the heck this leads me, but I have to get back to where that was so I can progress. And you're like, Ugh, games. It, it's not the level designs definitely aren't as clean as they could be in this game. Uh, they, they like they're not terrible, but I wouldn't say they're amongst the best, right? Like yeah, they're probably they're kind of forgettable. Like yeah. some of the villages just look like, hey, this is a teal 100%. instead of a green. Hundred like, percent. Okay. And these weird tree heads that were talking to us. Like I don't know if we saved the tree people because I don't. I don't think we did. Like they're still tree people. Yeah, I think it the tret the giant tree guy yeah i think he's like 
dying and wants the, or he's been turning like I think he's dying or is, it's he's a miserable beak about being a tree and is turning other people into trees to suffer with him. So like we just stopped more people from being we didn't save anyone we just stopped more people from being turned. Yeah, I think okay. so. Interesting. Anyways, I was like, okay, and like now you have to leave, and then I couldn't find my way out, and I thought I'd miss something, so like I went all the way back through the tree maybe once. I don't want to talk about it. Anyways, there's a little the little slide. You like slide down this little ledge and then you leave the forest and you go yay. Then we go back to Bilibin and then you head up to the cave. So uh, now that the tr- uh, trees are happy, we can head back to Bilibin, collect some armor, weapons that we haven't purchased, and head north. We find a forest, a vine that you can use growth on or something like that, but I don't have that ability yet. A cave with some ice that you can't uh, solve, and then some strong enemies. So I spent a lot of time here trying to solve all like. How do I get water on the little the, the the little tree? How do I solve the ice puzzles? You can't, actually can't do anything with them yet, so they're just like tricks, which is great. Yeah, and it seems like there's some things that you like you have to quick set a mm-hmm. spell to the quick to the shortcut button, mm. and then you have to use it while you're standing there. And it's like, wow, that's so not intuitive. You didn't tell me this at all. It's I like had- it's like I get you kind of like, oh hey use this to move things with your psi energy. It's like, but you didn't really like tell me that this was going to be context with like almost every spell. Like, or like twister, like destroys little vines. Like, okay, that makes sense, I guess. Cause there was one where I think I missed the whole Billabin city side quest. Like I didn't know that that was a thing at first. Cause I didn't know I had to use twister more. Sure. I guess, I guess that's what guides are for. Whatever. It, it is what it is. And maybe it sounds a fact, you know what growth is. You've played more than I have. Cause the last thing I did was I went to Emil or Emil, yes. After we make it through the ice cave, on the other side of the ice field, we get to a small village. In the first house, we see a man who's sick. He calls out for help. The shop is closed because everyone has a cold. After exploring the city, uh, we head back to the first house, and there's a girl there. She heals the old man. But then a magic calls her away because there's an issue at the local lighthouse. Uh, we have to head there next. Men will pick up there in our next episode because that's as far as I got when I was playing last night. I'm sorry, I went to a party. It was a pool party. That's right. I was playing in a pool last night, drink beer, playing volleyball. Didn't want to play this game because I hate you. Not just Tyson, but everyone who's listening to this podcast right now. So it might even be me in the future. I hate myself too. So there you go. Hey, I, I, I'd hate forcing somebody to lock somebody in the house on a sunny day instead of going out and yeah. playing in a pool with your friends and having a good time during yeah. the summer where we have six months of winter think we're allowed to clack we don't we don't even like we don't ask we don't run ads we don't do nothing it's like we this is a free product if we're oh i i was joking you don't have to you don't okay he does like you don't have to defend this i was that was a joke (laughs) no i know Uh, i know so final note here i was glad the shops were closed since i just spent so much so many hours farming money to buy equipment so at least i got a little bit of reprieve maybe i'll build up some some bankroll after this like lighthouse where we start off that i can equip my guys I think Tyson beat the lighthouse, so we'll pick up there next time. Find out what's I, going on with these lighthouses. I did, I did. Mm-hmm. It kind of starts filling in some gaps, but um, and we run into a character from our past. Okay. But um, holy moly, the boss in the lighthouse, uh, very, quite hard. Um, okay. I will tell you that. Um, yeah, but I have like, but, like all the one, best one small note. Everybody I mean, in the village is like, oh man, like luckily this girl like. Is, like is around or we'd all be dead like this is awful yeah. and then there's one dude outside just doing squats he's like y'all you got y'all gotta work out yeah stay I mean, healthy that way and he's healthy he's fine he ain't sick and you're like you so, know what respected the dude doing squats out in the middle of winter so i mean i guess in every every generation there's always been like anti-vaxxers and stuff like he doesn't believe in magic to feel it. he'll just do it with exercise so yeah, he's like he's the a, joe rogan of this world 
basically. Yeah. And he's out there broadcasting it to anyone who will listen. There you go. Huh. Cool. Awesome. That's where we're going to end. Uh, not really the halfway point. We probably should have played another, I don't know, four hours or so to get to the halfway point. That leaves lots of content in the next game or in the next episode. We don't have as much to talk about. But I do have another question for you. So this is about the quarter mark. So this is where, we, I, in theory, we would ask them about, like, the hook. Why, what kept you playing? Maybe the hook's better early on, right? Uh, but we need another question here. So how about this one? Movie or TV series? So would this game make a better TV show or... 120 minute movie um quick other note on question one it was just like i i liked the hook earlier on because it, it kind of okay. to yeah. me it like goes hand in hand with the gameplay loop like what's the five minute loop that's going to keep you coming back to okay this game? awesome so so hook is kind of after like the one or about the hour mark we ask what is the hook yeah. of this game yeah and what's then the thing that makes you just not put this down and never okay. play it again so then like the quarter-ish mark maybe like the one-third mark we can ask more of a fun question and this is just more to like create more of a not structured organic like conversation in the middle of the podcast yeah but i think also have it fit where it would fit um so at the end of kind of like a big dialogue we're past the intro yeah we're now into it um we're past the pilot as it were if as if it was a tv show or a movie the first hook hook is like maybe we go forward with that that is a winner at this point yeah, I you're like getting, that one. You're giving it the green light. Awesome. Okay, so my next yeah. question, randomly, I'll come up with maybe like two or three for the next one too, is movie or TV series? Yes. Um, would it make better? So would it make better? Or t- so would hmm. would this game like be better as? So you you get a you get the for some reason you bought the rights to Golden Sun and you're like I'm putting this on Netflix. Netflix gives you some bankroll and they say what are you going to give us? You're going to give us eight episodes six episodes 20 episodes or as a, a movie like what do you what do you got with this project what are you coming up with so myself i think i would go tv series yeah. i i would go kind of like a child aimed anime would fit kind of nicely in this world where they go around and they meet little gins and like they learn that friendship is great and they help a guy fix a boat in one episode and you're like what the fuck was that about like why weren't they fighting or going on the mission why were they talking this stupid fisherman like i hate it uh then after you know you create a rich world maybe 12 uh, seasons uh hundreds of episodes it's expanded and people love these characters and the lore and people are in love with it then you make a really disappointing movie that wrecks everything like as kind of like the follow-up like a live action rendition with some like hot young actors in it or something right like that's that's how i think this should go (laughs) That's fair. I, I like the TV. If the, I think it fits best for this because there's lots of segments. I probably wouldn't make it more than like 20 minutes an episode, 22 minutes. If you yeah, want to be cartoon, like, cartoon, if, if you, want, you want to make it solid, like, yeah. I mean, you could probably squeeze it down to like 12 minute episodes and have it be like really like tight to the story. But I think if you want to like, you know, merchandise this and build it into a franchise, you do like the half an hour or whatever it was. And, um, because you'll, you'll want to like structure that first season to not be the first act. Maybe you do the whole first kind of game, but essentially you could do like lighthouse episodes. You could do mm, instruction yeah, yeah. of the gin. You could do like the first one is like the the storm, and then the episode two could be the fall afterwards. And then it kind of like I think it work really well because there's lots to it. But the problem sometimes with this game is it's it's so limited in its. Um, platform and just like what it can cram in there so they have to kind of stretch it in other ways and they just stretch it in dialogue and people talking back and forth and like what do you think in the last car character who's like i can't talk why are you asking me right now it's like i'm just but gonna like, say 
So, like, in a movie, in theory, could you do, could you tell this whole story in four episodes? Not knowing the full story. I guess, I guess that's tough. But, like, if you were to build out this world, right, like, you know this. Some people maybe not, wouldn't do this. But, like, could you make a four-episode cartoon show just into a movie that, like, has, without, like, fluff? You actually maybe could, right? Like, you could have your beginning, like, 15 minutes where it's the tragedy and you meet the bad guys. These guys go on a bit of an adventure for 45 minutes, right? They get powerful. They make a plan to go fight the bad guys. And they go fight them. And you could probably cut out a lot of the nonsense. And it actually almost could make a movie, too, right? Like, you probably could get away with either. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. I just think, like, you would kind of miss out on, like a lot of the gin collecting oh. and stuff that like the stuff that makes the video yeah. game the this video is a game franchise 100% you own the rights to this this is a franchise yeah. like you and the game developers you're like guys we want to make bank off this like we want like different gins and they have funny catchphrases one goes like oh good look I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, one's, one's a plush you've got to have yeah. plushies of every single one 100% of so like I understand from right the now, yeah from Funko like Pops bank yeah, like I understand what you're trying yeah. to do is build up the world and you want like a like yeah. a sweet. But if like, you want to be like make it just a quick quick here concise story, you 100% cuz yeah. does it need to be four lighthouses? Yeah. You could cut it down to one. I, I could you do and everything. It does it need to one? be like hey, we need seven gins? It's like no, have one for the main character. Yeah. And that would be like our our mascot for our franchise. And like the first like before the opening titles sequence, you could just do the cold open with like it's a stormy day and like the kid gets woken up it's like we need to go now there you go and yeah. then like as they're running out the door it's like don't forget your jacket and he just like ma- uses his magic to gr- or like the psi energy to grab it and you could you could really pace it and be tight and concise with it but um you know that people love to stretch things out oh yeah i mean that's it but i think i think we've 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 hammered it we could do anything we want with this and enter- but we're just so entertaining so there you go okay yeah movie tv series it, some, some will work, some won't work. But there we go. So potentially, those are the things you have to look forward to. Those kind of weird thoughts and run-on sentences that we do so well here on Podtendo. But that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's also supposed to get, like, the listeners engaged because we're asking the question to you as well. Like, mm-hmm. what would you would you would rather do it as a movie or a TV show? What's the mm-hmm. hook to you if you're playing along? Whoa, whoa. And I mean, I've been running can... an unsuccessful podcast now for, like, six years. I know how to keep people from not inter- not interacting with the show. Don't try and help. Don't try and make things that are fun for people to entertain. Like we don't want yeah. that. We don't want interactions. Yeah. Well, for an hour in, you gotta. gotta we don't want to be engaging at all at no. this point. <laughs> it's like we're just listening to the poor poor suckers that got us on play while they're doing cardio and they don't want to hit skip. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. We're like, haha, we caught you because you don't know how to change your phone, how to change podcasts in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Uh, captive audience. That's yeah. that's the only one that works for us. Awesome. All right. So cool. Um, awesome. So that kind of ends that. That's our first experience, first kind of quarter of the game, essentially. Uh, would you continue? So let's say we didn't have to do this for the podcast. You're playing this on your own, right? You put this down. You're playing it one weekend on a Saturday because you had some free time. Like, oh, I'll pick up this game. Would you finish this game? Um. See, now I'm I'm kind of picky. So like, if I'm not like into it into it by the first hour i'm kind of like okay i'm checked out or at least even half an hour like i have video game add i was like even just playing uh i have game pass so i'm always like flipping through games so i'll play the first half an hour an hour of game and it just comes sometimes gets to a point where like "Ah, i'm not into this and to be honest this intro was so slow and meandering and so much dialogue it's like 
like let me let me enjoy this game um i would say i haven't now that i've kind of played like four hours or five hours of it i would almost kind of like no i kind of do want to beat this it's interesting i want to know where some of the characters go and the story goes but okay cool that intro definitely too slow that's where i was saying it's really slow i don't know if i would say i had fun playing this game just yet uh now yeah i won't go into that but I, yeah. I didn't honestly this this next part coming up i think is super fun okay um and like the puzzles are engaging like i think I, the best puzzles in the game but also it's not super long okay so and it'll get like a little better one or two surprises not okay. nothing too much but yeah i think like once you get to the end of that you'll be like okay actually you know what i kind of felt that and you're like yeah more of the games Sweet. like this moving forward I, I think i think it gets way better so awesome that's cool. me being hopeful nice okay so then an are you buying it uh there was really nothing i tried to look at like a fun theory that people have about this nothing uh so from reddit it's not really so much of a theory but a bit of a lore dump so as we move forward just something to kind of uh articulate to think about maybe when this podcast comes up if we're finishing the show maybe this will be like a spark to be like oh yeah that's what i can write about okay so uh I just copied this. Uh, But from what I can tell across the three games lore, lighthouses were originally designed to draw out alchemy from the world, specifically elements of it, uh, and then release it outwards through the beacon. This enabled people to use the power of alchemy, but it also meant the world's energy was being siphoned into the lighthouses, and they became the sores, which meant when the time came, they could simply remove the beacon from the lighthouse and... lighthouses into locks the lighthouses sucked up the energy but would have no way out people lost access to the light of the lighthouses that granted them the powers but the world was having its very life force continually siphoned out and sealed away so maybe a spoiler of what's going on oh interesting so the lighthouses continually siphoned even if there was no output so they always kind of like took an input in even if there was an output and just stored it and kind of like wasted it It was killing the planet Neat. Yeah, it's almost like Final Fantasy VII and Shinra's and yeah. uh, Mako. I mean, it's like every other well, the Final Fantasy where the crystals control the elements in five, and like the oceans stop flowing in the ground. Oh no, that's that's Final Fantasy one. So one, five, seven, this, uh, like all of them. Yeah, it's one of the things where it's I like, don't know what the environmental plot. with it. So. I know I played Final Fantasy VIII a couple months ago. I don't know what happened in Final Fantasy VIII, but it also might happen in Final Fantasy VIII. I, I kind of just forgot. <laughs> I've, uh, I'm still like scarred from that game. Like, so if we were to play a game, I'm gonna shoot you in the face, or tell, or tell me the plot of Final Fantasy VIII. What, what would be the outcome of this event? Um, I would probably bumble my way through the plot as best I could until you were like, buddy, uh, you're just saying generic I think RPG I would just, things yeah. at this point. You're definitely getting shot in the face because yes. you failed. It's like, Spo- I would attempt to get my way out of it, but I would fail miserably. Spoiler, I'm also just going to get shot in the face in this scenario. So this is a terrible game to play. So let's not play this anymore. Um, all right. Yeah. But we're over an hour. We've got a cultural significance to get to a big wall of text. Uh, and then next, yeah parts of a list it's a list it's a list though one of them is like simple yeah it's not not bad we'll get through that then we're done for today uh we're back with two towers so that's kind of the end of the review uh we're just going to run through kind of a little list uh end of the show here uh then we're back in a month finish this game up that's it maybe some castlevania good stuff yeah Yeah. see where this goes because there is one thing i heard um is that the villains in this game aren't necessarily the villains in the next games interesting and it turns out that like we might have not been 
we may have made things worse and you're like mm. so does that make the bad end like ending of us just walking away good I, well i yeah like i've literally the next game picks up so like the wherever the end boss is it's like on a castle and like the next game picks up with a group of characters that are also in the castle trying to like stop them at like the same time or something so like yeah. i'm almost kind of curious to like play the next game based on how this game goes because i've heard it's interesting so cool anyways that's for next time, people. That is for next time when we come back and have fun stuff to talk about. Cultural significance. So in this section, we look at game tropes, marketing... I have to rewrite this because we don't ever look at these. Marketing tactics, interesting stories. Well, that's an interesting, I suppose. We talk about how this game relates, give other examples, tie it all back together, and end. Change that. Note to self. Change that. Uh, so today we're going to look back at RPGs from the 2000s. It's like, man, there's got to be some cool ones. I uh, wonder what came out. There was a lot. Uh, which series have died and which have thrived? Next episode, we're going to look at the lore of this game uh, and kind of where it pulls its inspiration. So talk more about like the jinns and where they come from in uh, Hindu mythology and whatnot. Uh, so that should be a little bit more fun, kind of the roots of what cultural significance is supposed to be. But first, we're going to look at uh, one of the unique elements of this game, the dialogue trees. So this is pulled from Colin Campbell's article from Polygon.com. I just pulled a bunch of quotes from it. So, games that tell stories must strike a balance between authorial control and players' power over the narrative. I didn't write the sentence. That's why I gave Colin Campbell uh, props. I'm <laughs> sure he never cared, but that was a really well-written sentence. I'm not going to write authorial control. So, uh, a lot of branching narratives have weighted uh, a certain way which can feel unsatisfactory. Uh, we create an author-driven narrative arc with some flexible space which the players can explore. Branching stories look like a maze, and maids are static. You can never do anything that will surprise the author. It's all fake. It's a trap. The game is asking the question, what if exploring an intricate story was like sculpting in clay? We generally didn't know if we could make this work, but we found that players were more engaged if they can build up a story instead of choosing a story. Hmm, interesting. So that was from an interview that he had done with someone who had talked about writing for a video game narrative. Uh, so this game highlights these choices by providing them... Uh, uh, this game highlights these choices by providing you with a choice in the narrative. You have a dialogue to correspond with both a negative... Or they have dialogue that corresponds with both the negative and positive response. So if someone says, Hey, Isaac, how are you doing today? And you can say, good or bad. And if you say bad, they say, why? And like, because I don't... Like, do you not like me? And you can say no. And they'll be like, oh, that's sad. I thought we were friends. And like, that's kind of neat versus lots of them. It's like, oh, you're just kidding, right? Like, they give you choices occasionally in a Zelda game, in a Final Fantasy, but they don't mean anything, right? Whereas this one kind of does lean where they're kind of like, well, we're going to write dialogue both ways. Like, what if you're just being a dick? Let's let people talk to you, right? Yeah, and I think that like, because most RPGs have the problem is like, you can't say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. They kind of have to brand, like build these branches. Um, and I think that they do, like the yes, no works well because they can kind of leave it. And some people will like repeat things like, are you sure you mean that? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I totally mean that. I'm a dick. Yeah. Um, and I like that it gives people the ability to just choose it. So it feels less like you're just mashing through dialogue a lot of the time because sometimes you just like you just zone out with dialogue it's supposed to keep it more engaging and keep the narrative going i think that with the with a good structure just like it just flows naturally um but at the same time you just kind of get railroaded into like well you need to have this character in your party because they're 
a main character. I, yeah, like Isaac has to follow you. You can't tell him to frick off. He'll leave for a little bit, but like it, it, it's kind of nice. Uh, where do they leave? So uh, if you choose not to go on the adventure, the game just ends and they ask you to retry. Is that compelling? Eh, like, does it make you feel like you have a choice? Or are they just illusions of free choice, but ultimately you just have to follow the author's plan, right? I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. Uh, they provide you... Like, you can role-play a little bit. Like, my guy is kind of a jerk. Like, he's saving the world, but he's not... He's going to be, like, smug about it. And afterwards, he's going to be like, basically, I'm the king now because I saved the world. Like, you know, like I, I'm, I'm trying to play it up. So I get a little bit of autonomy with how I want to play the game. But ultimately, I have to follow their narrative, right? So, uh, kind of hard to do. There's better examples. But this is I, I, kind of ambitious for a little 16-bit Game Boy Advance game. I think it's all right. Oh, 100%. And I feel that dialogue trees are still a thing and only becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah. Um, and even game designers nowadays still struggle with how it all ties together. Yeah. And we have a few examples of that you know, coming up where yeah. it's like, did my choices mean anything? It's like, no, it didn't. But it did, it, it's both the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Well, sometimes. So there are common, really big RPGs, right? These dialogue trees. Elder Scrolls uh, does it pretty well. Right. Uh, usually responses you can have, you can join different guilds, you can kill people, uh, you can just destroy whole quest lines, depending how you answer. You can unlock special quest lines, depending kind of where you're at. Less so in later games. Like I think Fallout 3 apparently has really good dialogue option, but I think in di- Fallout 4, there literally may be no difference in any of your choices. Like um, the speech I think the in Fallout 4, New Vegas is like that one's the incredible one okay because that one's the if even if you kill somebody that doesn't necessarily lock you out of that quest line because it'll still be a scrap of paper like let's say you loot that guy and he has a key you go to his shack and on a piece of paper it'll tell you the same thing that that guy would have told you mm. but it gave you the option of like i'm just going to shoot this guy or do i oh, actually want to help him out yeah, yeah so like i know that game gets like hailed it is like this is how you do open option like open world like choices so precise because there's always a backup yeah yeah in case like characters like you know nuke town and all those characters are gone the things that you need to do to still like flush out this the journey are still scattered amongst the world you just have to go looking for them well like new vegas is touted as a really good game and i think three is also touted but i think like my example of four it doesn't matter you can say anything you can be you can be a dick to every single person and it's just the exact same experience if you would have been like nice so though that one is actually like if in follow up if you're putting a speech perk which is something i like to do right like i'd like to be able to speak and steal right be kind of like a charming rogue almost like that's kind of how i like to role play those games you can't do that in four you might as well just give yourself lots of guns and like health items like really like you know what i mean like it just it waters down uh cyberpunk uh there was it is glitchy there's messes but apparently it is a really big bolt and the reason why there was so much glitch is because they were trying to do too much i've heard it's a really fun experience uh and similar uh dialogue choices matter they affect stories which is great uh and then the ultimate example Unless you have something to say about cyberpunk. Do you know anything about it by, by cyberpunk? I From just, yeah, the dialogue I, trees? No, I've okay. avoided it. All right. I was going to say, I was like, you can you can go on a rant that sucks. Don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, if you know something about dialogue tree, have you played it, great. Uh, and then finally, sorry, Mass Effect. Uh, the big one, which I'm sure you know something about. Uh, they killed a three-epic arc, choose-your-own-adventure story over this giant, arching, 100-hour gameplay experience, which ultimately resulted in three colors <laughs> red blue or green yep you pick yep um 
Yeah, and like they all kind of play out the same way, but it's yeah. like ones like you destroy them all. One you take you you take or take over them, and they, you enslave them, and the other ones like you synergize with them or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and that is just three of the exact same ending. I guess the synergy one is the canon one because okay. that's at least what one the writer said. But again, these are writers that are probably still not even not under contract or like heads of the Mass Effect universe. So we'll see what Mass Effect yeah, 4 or 5 comes out, whatever they want to call it. Those aren't good. And I think like Elder Scrolls works because they have dialogue trees that work on like there's, let's say, 150 side missions. And you have a choice, you know, like you have choices to do some of them. You don't have to do them all. You still get a full experience. Uh, Mass Effect kind of led to just one open-ended thing where you were like, oh, I guess nothing mattered in the end. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. it. It and like it sucks because that's a major thing that uh-huh. even in the first one or the second one, it's like depending on your decisions, you can kill you people. Hundred percent. You, you, yeah. you can have half your team be decimated. Yeah. You could, um, or like you can un- unleash like alien zerg swarm all over like a unsuspecting yeah. people. Like you can go really evil with it. You can go really good. Well, and I was thinking, or sometimes so- you're like, I don't know what's the right decision. Yeah. And that- I think that that's a great thing and you just brought up evil which what i was thinking was like kotor did that really well you could play light side dark side and you have two different stories but it's just kind of a binary choice you're good or you're bad right and you kind of get the two endings so really you could play through kotor twice once the good guy once the bad guy that's it right so i mean mass effect there's only i guess three endings even though you kind of get the same choice regardless of your things it, it has to be a narrative and it unless they create 15,000. Actually, I guess a good example of, of this would be like a choose your own adventure game, like Until Dawn or Detroit Become Human, right? Where there are yep. 150 different endings in that game. Yeah. Right? Like each person's story can end early on. If you're like, oh, Jamie's dad's coming up the stairs. What do you do? Stay and like he'll come up and kill you. Well, then that just story ends. Yeah. And right? it's like one of those things where like you can flush out the rest of the story mm-hmm. and let's say you don't get anyone else get killed off or maybe a few other people get killed off it, it, it's it has like different. it has implications yeah. where it keeps keeps the tension 100%. and um one thing in mass effect is like so i when i replayed the whole whole trilogy but it was nice making decisions in the first game that you felt kind of impl- like, yeah, yeah. uh affected the, the third game yeah, and yeah. even the second and third and like it had feeling to it so for it to end just kind of like on a on a fart kind of sucks but i understand that Ending a story is super hard. Even some of the greatest writers of the world can't nail it all the time. So, you've played Mass Effect. Yes. Would you say Mass Effect is a fun game to play? 100%. Okay. My other example of Detroit Become Human, you have 150 different endings through all the different variations. It's not a fun game to play. Like, at no point was did I ever play that game. Like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, walk over here, jump over a bridge, talk to this guy, talk to this. You know what I mean? Like, collect this item. But at no point was I having fun. Like, afterwards, I ended up just, like, playing for a couple hours and just watching a bunch of the endings. And I was like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Or like, oh, that's weird. Or like, oh, like, oh, you can go to, like, get a prostitute at some point. What is that? Like, you know, I'd watch the videos online. But it was never fun. That's why I think, like, like stuff like Until Dawn is fun because (sighs) it works. Until Dawn is fun because you and I played times. Yeah, but I think it also works like it works a couple times. Like you can play it like yeah. one or two times. Yes. Kind of okay. the do the blind playthrough, and yeah, then yeah. you can do the save everyone playthrough, or if you're a mascot, like kill off your the characters you don't like. But then you're kind of like that's it. Yeah. You you're not gonna go back there and be like, I wonder what happens if I let Jessica die or whoever yeah. the, one of the characters' names and let everybody else die. You're not gonna do that. 
you're gonna just have you have the same like I maybe I'll let this character die that I don't like, or I, if I do this, it has yeah, this other so implication. So it's it's a it's cool it, story to see once or twice, but you're never gonna go back and play it once you know the story. Whereas Mass Effect, like you <clears> might go back and play it again because it's a fun game to play. Yeah, and right. making like the decisions sometimes aren't easy. They're hard to make. And like it's hard to go over that without spoilers, but it's it's one of those games where if you haven't played it, definitely go and play it because I think that it gets up. Everybody kind of like soured on it because Andromeda mm-hmm. sucked, and the ending was kind of like lackluster. But I think as the games tie together, and sci-fi is super underrepresented, or upper underrepresented in the RPG world. So like to actually like have the ability to just like dive into this massive world or if you want you can go exploring all the little planets you can just stick straight to the story and anything in between and sometimes rushing things along is the wrong thing to do and sometimes rushing things along is the right thing to do because if you don't they'll have implications and yeah it's like i like when it plays with itself and let's say you make a bad decision in the second game you don't really get to make a decision in the third game and it's like people like to just nail it down. It's like, oh, that ending sucked. Yeah. You're like, yeah, but it, all the other stuff that tied together to make the experience a journey. It's not about the ending. Yeah, yeah. it works so well. Mm-hmm. So, so you keep wanting to replay it. Well, it's just like interesting that you have to kind of like, you, like you've been talking, like you had a fun time playing the game. Ending sucks, but like the trip become human, the game sucks, but like the endings are interesting. You know what I mean? Like I think it's just yeah. hard like to find that perfect mix, and it doesn't exist. Uh, I mean, except for Golden Sun, when you just say, I don't want to play this game anymore because I hate this intro, and then the game's just over, and you just save, and you say, that's it. I didn't, I didn't make it, boys. Didn't make like, it. I actually, uh, I said no to this adventure, yeah. and I, and the game the game accepted that. And I'm making a po- whole podcast about it, so that's great. Uh, cool. So there you go. So that was the end of uh, Dialogue Trees. Uh, though these games do them really well compared to minimal choices in the six bit rpg so i was trying trying to tie back together yay all right so let's look at the best rpgs we don't have to spend too much time on these uh uh from the 2000s and see which series are still around so first one 14 mega man legends 2 i didn't know that was an rpg it's dead (laughs) oh no yeah very much so all right uh number 13 is mass effect dead uh but like i wouldn't be surprised if we see another uh like there's another entries coming okay so i'd I'd say life support Right, like yeah, it's, it's dead. You can't visit, support. like it, but it's like it's coming, kind of thing. All right, yeah, so. it, it might awaken from its coma. We hope. All right, how about number twelve, Vagrant Story? Dead. Yeah, that one's dead. Okay. Yeah, I think I haven't seen anything about that one. All right, how about number eleven, Paper Mario? Uh, Origami King came out a couple of years ago, so alive. Yep, yep, right. and it's a Nintendo. They know they they yeah. know they'll make money, so they'll make another one like a right. like a soccer or a tennis. All right, so those are honorable mentions. Now we're going to move to the top 10. So number 10, Deus Ex, dead? Yeah, yeah. The developer just got sold to somebody, so I'm like, they're not working on anything towards Deus Ex anytime soon. Great. How about Unless they are working on something, and that's why they got sold, but... Oh, if yeah, someone's listening and they're like upset because we're saying something's dead and a new game's coming out, again, you let us know. I don't care about what games... I don't even know what games came out like this. Anyways, uh, how about number 9, uh, Knights of the Old Republic? dead there is a remake coming okay so on life support uh number eight world of warcraft alive yeah okay yeah. Right, right. How about number seven vampire the masquerade bloodlines dead uh, th- i think that there was a new one actually just came out recently but again it hit like a pancake cool great awesome how about number six eve online 
alive? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, number five, Fable. Uh, these two, uh, there were two sequels, but dead? Yeah. This okay. one's like uh, Microsoft. Like, we have this license, don't we? It's like, please let it die. Okay. All right. Uh, how about number four? Uh, Final Fantasy Eleven. Yeah. Alive? 16 yeah. that's right. coming out soon i think is it right. 16 now and i think all the rest are alive so we have number three diablo 2 considering there was a three i know it was a big success they probably make another so alive yes got right. announced all right number three or number two is elder scrolls 3 morrowind slowly but surely it is alive yes yes bethesda is slowly carving away at that i mm. think and number one demon souls we already talked about it it is alive good stuff yeah, yeah. That's a the whole Souls genre is like rogue roguelike, yeah. where it's just like every game is like, hey, this is Souls like. Yeah. Here we it go again, everybody. Created its own thing there. So, so uh, there are some major series that started in two thousands. A lot of them actually are still alive and dominating the gaming scene today. Golden Sun didn't quite live up to these levels of these games. Yeah. And since we haven't seen a new game since the series in since that since two thousand ten, there was a. Uh, the third one i think it's i I don't know again we'll find out what the story kind of looks like later on um on the ds Uh, i think we can call this series dead uh and on the best selling rpg series of all times it ranked between wild arms and xeno saga so it's probably a good place for it to be just this like little cult classic rpg that was on a little system that gave us tons of great content uh it did really feel like uh what was that zelda game minish cap kind of had a Minish Cap vibe, like it has kind of this cute little Game Boy Advanced feel, like it feels almost like a little Pokemon game that we're playing, right? And that's a good place for it. It doesn't have to be anything great or grand. It's just this fun little experience. Yeah, and I think it's just, um, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. It's it's a short little adventure. I guess there was a third one or whatever, but like it's pretty dead. It, it didn't really take off. It, and it's okay for these games to just stay as little cult classics. They're allowed to just hang out and have mm-hmm. a good time and in obscurity and when us like retro gamers can go back and want to enjoy it it's like they're there you don't have to necessarily milk every franchise dry i i, I kind of like it that way because then it doesn't lose we're not we're not just overloaded like man i i'm really sick of this franchise and i yeah. don't want to see it anymore it's like it's kind of nice to have it just be a past thing so when years go by after like not seeing it for a while you're like you know what i'll give it another go yeah, it's kind of so. cute. Like if I if I saw a copy of Golden Sun on the DS, would I buy it? Yeah, so. Yeah, if you were gonna if you were making a collection of of Game Boy Advance games, you'd oh, you'd throw it in there. Not not for like. There's some games you definitely would like. I don't need this. What in box for forty five bucks? Okay, well, I have the other one. Hmm. Uh, Tempting. Temp- I was sent much more. Well, I was gonna say you have a copy, and then you ordered another copy, and then you're gonna buy an inbox copy. But this for someone for who the, doesn't like this game, but this is for the third own... one for the DS. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, and because they already come in the box. Anyways, there you go. So that is our show. We talked a little bit of stuff. You learned some stuff. Look at an hour and a half. Plus our other show. We almost hit our time limit for the month. We yeah. definitely were really good and like backloaded a bunch of our shows. So we haven't recorded in a while. <laughs> And I was just thinking, I was like, we have, like, I, I realize it's out by the time you hear this. I haven't heard, I don't remember what we talked about in Lord of the Rings. Like, I have no clue. It's coming out maybe 
the week after we record this. Uh, spoilers, where are we recorded? But I have no idea what we're doing for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to go so back funny. and look at the notes. Like, So pretty excited that we're that far ahead. Uh, we can be excited about this. Uh, oh, and I lied. There is another game between this series, Lord of the Rings. We're playing Gauntlet Legends this fall, so... Right. Yes. Yes. When we uh, when we actually get to hang out in person, because that's yeah. a game we definitely need to play co-op. So. I think so, or at least like get a good like hour in co-op, and then like maybe beat it individually or something, right? So yeah, it was cheats on. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Awesome. So that wraps up this one. Here you go. Summer killing it. Uh, did we miss anything? Nah, I think yeah. we covered a lot. We, we kind of talked this game's ear off and what, had some mixed. Yeah, I mean, I Results. played for four and a half hours, and we recorded an hour and a half podcast on it, so I think we probably did pretty good bang for our buck, so. Yep. Cool. Yep. Excellent. Right. Well, I think that's everything. Sweet. All right, well, with that, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks talk about uh, Two Towers. Well, that's pretty exciting, and then we're back in a month to finish up this fun game and wrap up the summer, so cool. Uh, yeah, I guess we say bye. Take care. Okay, see you guys. Bye.